I think you're the first journalist that I have officially told this. We're having a series of discussion on how to rebrand uh, in entering the media market that would be above and beyond the, the emergence of the new media in the market. You know, there's pretty much saturated right now. So how do we overcome these two fundamental things that are happening uh, in, in the past seven months in Ethiopia? My name is Sadale Lemma, and I'm the editor of Addis Standard online magazine, uh, but also one of the founders when the print magazine was established seven years ago. This is a special podcast about journalism innovation in Africa. I am Dickens Olewe. Ethiopia used to be one of the world's leading jailers of journalists, but not anymore, thanks to a series of reforms brought about by the new Prime Minister, Abi Hamed. I reached out to Setale to find out how Addis Standard is reacting to the opening up of the media space in Ethiopia, but I first started by asking her about the history of the magazine. The print was our signature product. From February 2011 to October 2016, when we were forced out of the print following the first state of emergency declaration in Ethiopia. When did you start publishing online? We started it simultaneously, but we pushed on the online after we ceased existing on the print and uh, we, we tried to migrate our readership constituency to the online. And I think it has been pretty successful so far. So right now we exist exclusively on the online. Tell me about the team behind the standard. We're not really that big. We used to be when we were in the print. But, you know, our numbers have continued dwindling after that because going out of the print in itself was has a significant impact on our resource as we have lost all our revenues from advertisement. So our number kept on dwindling. Before that, we were not that significantly big as well. We were just a small dedicated team who believed in, in what the Addis Standard is as a brand. We have a newsroom. Actually, we just moved into a, a bigger newsroom uh, last week. Uh, we've always maintained our newsroom, uh, which provided us uh, with the necessary you know, infrastructure that enabled us to do our work. So our team has never exceeded beyond 20, actually, uh, even in our peak, peak time. So, yeah, that is that is the team in, in a nutshell. You mentioned about being closed or being forced to close down in 2016. Uh, and then you've just, just talked about opening up a new office. So there's a lot that's been happening. And I want to explore that uh, a little bit later. But you've just returned from Ethiopia. Could you give me a sense of how the media environment has changed since the new prime minister came into office in April? It's changing and it's changing quite fast, actually, in a manner that reminded me of the early 1990s when Ethiopia first started to liberalize the media. There is a lot happening every almost every other week or every week. There are new newspapers and new magazines joining the, the news market. Um, and uh, that sense of... Uh, uh, you know, censorship, direct censorship has never been a problem since 1991, actually. You know, the state was not directly interfering in censoring the media, uh, but there are indirect censorship. But that sense, uh, that cloud is uh, slowly, you know, leaving the space, the media space in Ethiopia. And it's very, I'm very happy to see that so many young journalists and even activists is moving into establishing newspapers and magazines. So it's changing quite fast. That's really interesting. So here is a situation, you having experienced a media environment that was closely monitored and in a way closely restricted, but then suddenly you have an environment that is now opening up. 
So how is Addis Standard adjusting to this new reality in Ethiopia? Addis Standard, in a way, is not doing anything different than other legacy media is doing in order to adjust. You know, Ethiopian media landscape has gone through so many fundamental curves in the past, since 1991. And what we're looking at today is sort of like a new curve in itself, which is impacted by not only the liberalization of the media space by the government, but also the rise in, in social media. Um, these two salient things are affecting the uh, the legacy media, and we're trying to adjust into this environment, discussing on how to rebrand. We're planning to come back to the print, first of all, and I think you're the first journalist that I have officially told this. We're having a series of discussion on how to rebrand uh, in entering the media market that would be above and beyond the, the emergence of the new media in the market. You know, there's pretty much saturated right now, so how do we overcome these two fundamental things that are happening uh, in, in the past seven months in Ethiopia. So is the return to print based on your assessment that it is the platform which will make Addis Standard profitable? Addis Standard is not really monetizing its content. I think what brought us all together is purpose and, and our determination of telling stories of people that are often neglected. So we're not, again, focusing on how to monetize our content, but rather on how to add value into the narrative, into the media landscape that we see rising today. So probably in a, at a later age, we might have to think about monetizing uh, our contents. But right now it's about adding values and adding uh, different perspectives in, from the narratives that are, you know, quite expanding today in Ethiopia. Would it be correct to say that your editorial focus uh, since you launched was about getting stories uh, out of Ethiopia, more or less explaining Ethiopia uh, to the world, and now with this opening up of the uh, media environment, you are now in a way trying to, yes, tr continuing telling the world about Ethiopia, but with a, a more laser focused for the, uh, you know, reaching the internal audience. Is, is that correct? Our audience, you know, we've all, always targeted. Of course, you know, the fact that our medium of communication is English uh, makes us... Um, a kind of media that talks back to the rest of the world regarding Ethiopia. And I think we've pretty much successfully done that. You probably pay attention to how much uh, of the international media relies on the content that Addis Standard is providing, and that's because our medium of communication is English. In a way, we consider our uh, journalism as a kind of journalism that's talking back to the rest of the world on issues that are Ethiopia. However, we also target internet audience. Um, when we were in the print, our biggest audience were university students. In Ethiopia? In Ethiopia, absolutely. We had a mechanism whereby we subsidize our hard copies to, you know, in, in establishing readership clubs in different universities and, and sending our copies of our magazine at a subsidized and sometimes even as a, as a free copy to these readership clubs that are established um, different universities. So university students were our primary targets uh, but when we were in the print. But I think we, we also have uh, as a, quite a significant readership constituency among the elites, among the you know foreign uh, residents that are living in Ethiopia, uh, and among different segments of the society. So we, we consider our readership constituency both outside of Ethiopia and inside of Ethiopia. So we work to reach out to, to both these dynamic constituencies. What do you see as your unique 
selling point? What will make Addis stand out, stand out from these uh, increasing media products in Ethiopia? Um, look, for all the, the rising plurality of media products in Ethiopia, Ethiopia is a country that um, has a lot to tell to the rest of the world and to itself as well. Uh, there is a particular concentration on narratives that are of uh, urban-centered by nature. We do believe that there is a glaring absence of stories coming from outside of the capital, Addis Ababa, glaring absence of stories about everyday lives, everyday struggles of, say, farmers. There is literally no stories coming up in all these media dynamics. Um, but also there are you know, a glaring absence of uh, um, elite-focused debates on policy issues, for example. Uh, you, you would not see that on, 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 on this new and rising media landscape yet. I hope we will be adopting into that more. But Adi Standard is also an established brand for its defiance of the uh, normative narrative in, in the country. You know, we went on just the flip side of the, the, the well-established narrative in the past be it our uh, portrayal of the Oromo protest, for example, uh, the Oromo people. We, as, as to my knowledge, in, in, in talking about an English media, so far, I think we, we are the only media that have focused in telling the stories that have not been picked up by, by other legacy media so far. It comes at a huge price, yes, but we stood our ground and we kept on telling stories that have not been told by other media are not being picked by other media. So there's a huge potential in terms of narrating the stories of the people that uh, the legacy media, both the, the new and the established one, are not focusing today. We will continue on that one, and I think that will give us uh, a, a quite a constant edge, in um, a formidable edge in competing in terms of the media landscape there. We will continue doing so. You've talked about how uh, the government has in the past uh, closed the media, made it really hard uh, for reporters to do their work. Uh, I'm curious about how the public relate and, and engage with journalists. Is there an appreciation of what journalists do? Do they respect it? What sort of relationship, if, if you like, do you, for example, does Adi Standard have with, uh, with, his, with his readers or just Ethiopians in general when you're doing your normal reporting? Well, this is a bit of a difficult um, uh, question to be to, to be going into specifically. But um, I, I was a part of a panel discussion last week in, in um, the week I arrived in Addis, and one of the most interesting things is spoken by my uh, my my colleague, uh, uh, you know, a friend, a journalist who's the managing editor of the Fortune newspaper during this uh, summit was that there are two salient things that describe. The Ethiopian media and the relationship, the, the public versus Ethiopian media, uh, is that the, the state media is often taken as an instrumentalist uh, that's there to serve the, the, the state. And uh, the, the private media or independent media uh, are taken as having an adversarial relations with the state. So these two approaches define the relationship of the journalists versus the Ethiopian society. If you are serving the state, media, in the state media, you're automatically taken as if you're the mouthpiece of the government. And if you're with independent and private media, 
you are taken as you know uh, as an against or you don't see anything good in a government i think this is a very valid point that uh, uh, my friend uh, raised from the fortune newspaper tamrat gebregiorgis we have the same relations you know in the past, and also now, I understand it continued to be uh, a critic of the government. We we are not really um, necessarily pro-government. And we see things, of course, we report things that are pro-government as well. But we would like to see the government's actions from a very critical point of view. And that gives us uh, a media that sees nothing good in the government, you know, as a rebel media, sort of like that. So that defines pretty much the kind of relationship we have with the public. But on the other hand, we, we also have a very good relationship with the public in a way that we picked up narratives that have been neglected in that country. And uh, that gave us um, quite a large number of constituency that people who turn to Addis Standard to read their stories, that the stories that they don't find in any other media. And that has given us a very smooth relationship with our readership constituency. So it's it's a very dynamic uh, relationship uh, that the media professionals, both in the state and, the, and, and uh, independent media and private media, uh, do have with the public and the government. Now, Ethiopia will host the World Press Freedom Day next year. What do you make of this? I think this was quite a significant decision by the UNESCO. Look, Ethiopia has come a long way from uh, having a dozen of journalists in jail only seven months ago to having none or only one now, I think, uh, related to this corruption crackdown. We, we have one journalist from the state media in jail and we will have to see, wait and see, how the charges are going to be, but definitely not because of what she has written, uh, which was the case previously. So that this is quite a leap uh, we've come in the past seven months. And the decision by the UNESCO to host the World Press Freedom Day in Ethiopia in itself is you know, a, a testament to the progress that we have made in, uh, in keeping the government away from locking journalists behind bars. And uh, the discussions that are going to happen, you know, I have been a part of the last year's event in Ghana, and it's quite uh, significant. It's quite very enriching. The fact that a lot of journalists will be descending in Addis to interact with local journalists and a lot of, you know, discussions will, will take place that would affect uh, several media houses on how we approach journalism in terms of, you know, it's a multi-dimensional benefit that, that Ethiopia is going to have from this uh, conference. And I'm qu- quite looking forward to it. Now, this podcast series is about media innovation uh, in Africa. And I've been asking people that I've been interviewing uh, about media trends in Africa. And for you, I want to confine you to, uh, to Ethiopia. Could you tell me what you see happening uh, in the space next year? What's the big thing that you think uh, will happen, definitely happen next year, or you think that people should be paying attention to? I think the, ne- the next year will be quite significant in you know, refining the kind of media consumption Ethiopian people would, would like to see themselves. I think there will be a, a massive challenge for upcoming journalists in, in a way that you have to present your, yourself as a credible and some serious journalist uh, as opposed to what's available on the social media because that is, it's in terms of its reach, in terms of its impact, the social media has taken over the impact of the legacy media long ago. So our challenge is going to be in rebranding ourselves and redefining um, how exactly we're better than the social media in terms of packaging our, our news 
making it available at a, at a timely base and fast enough, uh, very competitive with the social media. These things are going to define um, how this, the, the legacy media is going to progress within the coming year. It's also going to define the kind of media consumption by the Ethiopian public in a way that we will be demanded more. You know, uh, the, the public would definitely like to see more than what they are seeing on the social media. So th there is going to be quite a challenge in this one that we will have to meet to survive in the, in the market. Setale Lema is the editor and one of the founders of Adi Standard in Ethiopia. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Dickens Ulewe. Thank you.